just go ahead and lead us in prayer for the class anyway. Well, Heavenly Father, we just come humbly as we know how before you today. And Father, I stand in awe of your presence and your glory and knowing that there's no one like you. You're, you're holy, you're set apart. And Father, we just honor you today. And we're just coming in reverence and asking, Father God, that you would just uh, uh, allow your feathers to be felt this morning. Father God, we just stand before you because there's so many needs, Father God, that that has been already spoken. And Lord, as, as so many requests has been made. And Lord, there's so many people that needs to touch. But Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, by your divine spirit, Lord, Lord, that you would inter inter intervene on today. Oh, Father God, that you would touch bodies today, Lord, you would heal minds and souls today, Father God. That, Lord, that you, most of all, Lord, you would just draw souls closer to you today, Father God. We ask them in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, for Sister Dorothy on this morning, Father God, I'm asking you would reach down this morning, Lord, and lift her up today, Lord. Thank you most of all, Lord, for the doctors and, Lord, for, for the abilities you have given them. But most of all, Father God, that you your name would be glorified today. Oh, Lord, that you would touch your body, Lord. And most of all, Lord, just keep us safe today, Lord. Most of all, just allow her to continue to call out on you, Lord, and to give you the honor and the glory, which is truly due to your name. And, Father God, thank for Mary Allen today. Father God, thank you, Lord, for, for making a way out of no way, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this situation to be fixed, Lord. I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, that even in the surgery, Lord, Lord, that your name, Lord, would truly be called upon. Lord, I'm asking most of all, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would just continue Lord, to allow that to be successful. Oh, Lord, I'm asking you to allow the cone to go back to where it's supposed to be in the name of Jesus. Lord, even all the other names that I missed this morning, Father God, I'm asking you, Lord, you would even intervene in that. Father God, we need you in this country. Lord, you're going to get the honor. You're going to get the glory. But help us, saints, Lord, just continue, Lord, to let our light shine. And most of all, to be about our Father's business. Lord, allow us to be about the kingdom business. Father God, reaching out to souls, Lord, while the door is still open. For we know one day the door will be shut. And Father God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would bless our teaching today. Lord, anoint him to be able to teach the word of God on today and allow our hearts to be open today. And most of all, Lord, even Brother Larry's wife, Father God, her name was called it this morning. I'm asking, Lord, whatever's going on there, Lord, that you would work it out. Lord, touch her right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, continue, Lord, give him favor as he travel also. Father, we thank you for this day. And we ask you would bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we have an interesting lesson today, the Bible on sexuality. So it's, it's almost not an age appropriate for this class because um, it's more probably for young people, but it will give you an idea how to talk to your grandkids and, and uh, youth. And it's good to always go to the Word of God because the Bible has a lot to say about sexuality. And every day, of course, we're bombarded with messages about sex from advertising to news stories to government legislation, and the list goes on. Many of these in-your-face messages are promoting sexual relationships that are contrary to the Bible. As believers, we must contend with these issues in our families and among our friends and co-workers. 
having a clear understanding of the Bible's message will give us a basis for our responses. Um, our central truth is the Bible gives clear guidelines for human sexuality. And our key verse is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, where it states in the NIV, if it is God's will that you should be, or it is God's will, not if, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. So that covers a lot of things than what we normally think of just as fornication, as the King James says there, abstain from fornication. It's, it's covering all sexual immorality. So I like the way the NIV translates that one. John Hagee gives a kind of humorous illustration about a, uh-oh, you okay? She just decided to sit on the floor a while. Mm. <laughs> Any, anyway, John, John Hagee talks about this pastor in a certain church that always tried to find a song out of the hymn book to go with the message he was preaching. And so he said that he went to the congregation and said, I'm stumped. I don't, I'm, I'm going to be preaching about sex, and I don't know what, <laughs> what song to sing. And an elderly gentleman way in the back raised his hand, and he said, how about precious memories? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, John Hagee also says, none of us would be here if it wasn't for sex, that's for sure because that's God's way of, of multiplication and, and uh, keeping the human race going. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to be looking in several scriptures. First of all, we see that sexuality was created by God. And, um, of course, the devil always perverts anything God does, you know, and so that's why we have all this perversion uh, sex going on which is contrary to the word of God such as homosexuality which we may get to and also uh, these um, premarital sex which is really fornication or postmarital is adultery it's not just an affair it's adultery if, if anyone has sexual relations outside the marriage and um, so the Bible is clear about that, but sex itself is sacred, and it's, it, it's God's idea to propagate the human race. So in verse 26 of the first chapter of Genesis, it said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male 
and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. And that, of course, involves the sexual relation. And replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that moveth upon the earth. So this was what God told man as soon as he created man that he was going to give him dominion over all his works. And so he was already making him like a little God because uh, next to God he was ruling over God's creation on the earth anyway. He didn't give them for the whole universe, but he, he said what's ever on the earth you are to have dominion over it, whether it's fowl or fish or birds or animals. And um, so he also told them that they could eat every herb uh, on the face of the earth that bears seed and every tree in which is the fruit of, of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. And uh, so God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So we're told that man was created on the sixth day. So that number six is the number of man. So when the Antichrist comes on the scene, his number and name will be 666 because he cannot get up to seven because God's number is seven. <laughs> so then we come to the second chapter where there's more verses there, uh, 18 through 25. Uh, anybody want to volunteer to read that? Okay. Genesis 2, 18 to 25. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought to them and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man uh, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, uh, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they both were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So chapter 1, it just stated that God made man in his image and his likeness. Then chapter 2, 
goes to more detail on how he made man out of the dust of the ground and also how he made woman. And uh, he had given dominion over at, to Adam over all the, the animals and so forth. So he, he even let Adam name the animals himself. They'll say, you're a lion, you're a tiger, you're a bear. Oh, my. <laughs> Always have to put that in there when you list lion and tiger and bear. But anyway, um, it shows the intellect that Adam had, you know, that, that God gave him such an intellect to be able to name all these animals. And we don't know how much time it took for him to do that. But everything that God made there, we saw in Genesis 1, he said was good. But now he says something is not good, and that is Adam, or man, being alone. He needed a helpmate. Because I noticed, as I'm sure he noticed, I mean, as he was naming the animals, there was uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lion, Mr. and Mrs. Tiger, and so they all had mates, you know that God had made for them. And so he didn't have a mate. And so that's why it said, God said it's not good for man to be alone and I'll make him a helpmate. And to do that, he performed the first surgery that was ever made. And that's uh, when he put Adam to sleep. And of course, surgeons learned from this that if you're going to do surgery you better put them to sleep first <laughs> thank God for that because uh, uh, it would be terrible not to uh, be put to sleep before surgery uh, so God showed the way to do that uh, putting them to sleep and then he did a quick operation of taking out a rib from Adam and Evidently, part of his flesh. I had always heard, you know, a woman was made from a rib, but also his flesh, because he said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And uh, so we see that after he created woman, he let Adam wake up. <laughs> Someone said Adam went to sleep and woke up married because that's about what happened. <laughs> but we also see a tradition that we use in most of our marriage ceremonies, and that is the father brings the bride down to the groom. And so God brought Eve to Adam. It said the Lord brought, brought it to uh, him, uh, brought her to him. <coughs> and uh, some have wondered well, why couldn't God just make woman without taking it from Adam there's I'm sure a good explanation um, one thing is we're made out of the same DNA and uh, so we know of DNA now they didn't know of it of course back in biblical times but um, he used the DNA from Adam to make the woman. And uh, 
forgot to turn on the fans, sorry. Um, <coughs> and so when he first saw this woman, uh, he just called her woman. Some say he said, whoa, man, when he saw <laughs> That could be. Um, yeah, no. I've, I've been watching that these. Whoa, man. Yeah. Yeah, they say that he made this and then rested and made this and then rested, but then he made woman and no one has rested since. <laughs> but we're not sure exactly when woman was made. Um, it Because it, he had to do all these things before she was made. He had to name all these animals, and so it probably wasn't on the same day. Of course, uh, they know Adam was made at the time a little before Eve, as they say. Um, but she wasn't called Eve here. She was called woman because she was part of the man. And uh, I don't know where he felt any sore there where the rib was or not, but he knew that she was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And, um, so I wonder if Adam named Eve in verse 20. Yes. Verse 20? Yes, Adam named Eve after the fall. But before that, uh, she was just called woman. And, of course, Adam means man, too. So he was really called man and woman. And uh, it said they were both naked. Um, some say that they were in such an innocent state and so close to God as the son of God that Adam was that they had a glow about them besides uh, not having clothes. They had the glory of God over them and when they had eaten of the forbidden fruit that left and then they, they felt ashamed then. And, but uh, of course, same way with a husband and wife, there's, there's no shame in being naked with each other. Uh, you're not going to have very much sex if you don't. But, <laughs> but uh, before children came on the scene, he, God had clothed them. And so uh, the Bible isn't for having a nudist colony or anything like that. Uh, all right, so going on, we come to Matthew now the 19th chapter over in the New Testament. If I can get to it. Matthew 19, in verse uh, 3, it says, The Pharisees came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful? for a man to put away his wife for every cause. And he answered and said, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said unto them, or he said, that is, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. That's why homosexuality won't work. They can't be one flesh. 
as, as it is with heterosexual, uh, male and female. So uh, God didn't make Adam and Steve, as someone has said, but he made Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. And what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. I sent that scripture to the attorney that approved the divorce between my wife and I. I said, you're in trouble. He said, what God's joined together, let no man put asunder. Uh, so uh, he said, I'm t I think that's all. Yeah, three to six. Yeah, I read that. Okay, so uh, we see how it was definitely created by God. It was, the, God is the one that uh, thought of the sexuality between a man and a woman, and it also needs to be between a married man and a married woman, not just male and female-like animals, but it has to be <coughs> within the marriage, uh, uh, whatever you call it, uh, the marriage uh, uh, union. Union. There you go. That I like that. Okay, let's look at <coughs> chastity now and fidelity that is required. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 7, 5, uh, Sister. So, so read First Corinthians eighteen to chapter seven through five. Right. Okay. Chapter six first. So read. I'm sorry. I'm confused. First Corinthians chapter six verse eighteen, and then skip over. No. no keep going. Keep going. Oh, keep going. Okay. Keep going through seven five. Okay. First Corinthians chapter six. Verse, start at verse 18. Okay, here we go. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. And he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Before, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. First Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer, and come together again, 
that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. This is Corinthians, notice, and Corinth was a very wicked city, and they had all kinds of immorality going on in Corinth, and so the church really had a, a struggle to, to uh, be a witness and to stay true to the word of God there in Corinth, and uh, the Lord gave the Corinthian church, the Holy Spirit, and nearly all nine gifts to really help them to live a holy life. And so Paul is addressing the fact now between a wife and her husband that um, they, they need to not defraud each other, but um, they... Uh, can go ahead and refrain from sexual relations while they're fasting, but afterwards they need to come back together again as husband and wife, or else uh, Satan will try to get one of them to think of having an affair and, and to uh, not be uh, faithful to the wife or husband. So chastity and fidelity is required. And, and Paul addresses all these problems there at Corinth. And they say that even they had prostitutes right there at the temple that were temple prostitutes. And, and uh, they believed by having sexual relations with these prostitutes at the temple that it will bring fertility to their crops. And, and uh, so that's all in paganism and, and heathenism that was going on there in Corinth. It was known as a very wicked town, and um, uh, so Paul was encouraging the church at Corinth to be faithful to God and faithful to their spouse. And um, in, in Hebrews 13, 4, it says that the marriage bed is undefiled. Marriage is honorable, that is, in all, and the bed is undefiled, that is, the marriage bed. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And um, there's different ways that God judges infidelity and uh, one could be with sexual diseases and uh, uh, also, uh, of course, they are not in fellowship with the Lord. And so uh, some people that just, you know, shack up and not get married, that's not right in God's sight. He said they need to be married, not just shack up because marriage is honorable, but those uh, that are not married and just living together is not right. And um, you can't expect God's blessing on that. We know Jesus talked to the woman of Samaria 
that had five husbands, but she was living with someone that wasn't her husband, and he said he he didn't acknowledge her or him as being the next husband. <coughs> but instead, he said he's not your husband if you're just shacking up with him or living together. Um, we have that problem here in America with a lot of uh, couples just shacking up and not getting married. And uh, they, they're really asking for God's judgment upon their lives in the home because that's what Hebrews says plainly, that the whoremongers and adulterers God will judge are those that are not being married. Um, I skipped one. Let me see. First Thessalonians 4, 3 to 7. First Thessalonians 4, 3. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, which we said is all sexual immorality. And every one of you should know how to possess his vessel or his body in sanctification and honor. Because what she read a while ago, you know, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's really not our own because he has bought us with a price and what a price that he paid for us. So we need to uh, not sin with our body. Um, three to seven, okay. Uh, not in the lust of confusions. That's one of those King James words hard to describe. Even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. And then the seventh verse is very important. God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So um, if we're going to be holy before the Lord, we, we have to avoid unclean things. Um, all right, then we come to the questions or the scriptures concerning homosexuality. You cannot find homosexuality approved anywhere in the Bible. And... Uh, those that would say, well, they were made that way or they were born that way. Someone said a good answer is, well, then you need to be born again. And that's a good answer because it's all of the enemy trying to pervert what sex should be. And uh, so Romans 1 comes real clear to that. Uh, 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 Mickey, uh, would you read that, 20 through 27 of Romans 1? You got it? Yes. Well, we're still in the air, I think. 
Romans 1, chapter 1, verses 20 through 27. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even to his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto a corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For the cause God gave them up into the affections, for their, even their women did change the natural use of that which was is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemingly and receiving in themselves that recompense of the error which was met. So Paul spelled it out real clear, you know, that there's something wrong with men lusting toward other men and women toward other women. Uh, it just a sickening thing when you're watching something on TV, even a good quiz program like Wheel of Fortune or something, and the man will say, well, my husband's out there, you know, or the wife, or the woman would say, my wife's out there. And America has really gone down since it, that Supreme Court decision and ruling of allowing same-sex couples to marry. And it's very defiling of what God has for marriage. And uh, it, it was uh, a sickening thing when Obama was president and they, after they passed that in, with the Supreme Court, and I think he pressured them to pass it. But anyway, they put the White House in, in rainbow colors, you know, and, and it, uh, we saw different Christian magazines that said uh, sin honored God defiled, defiled and a nation just can't survive with these things that has brought down other nations. The Roman Empire fell because of homosexuality understand and we know what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah because of they're homosexual. You say, it doesn't say they were homosexual. Well, the men wanted to have relations with this man that they thought, or these two men that were angels, they wanted to have relations with them because Lot said, well, I have two daughters. Do something with them. And he, they said, no, we want the men. So that shows how that they were so perverted and uh, doing... Uh, wanting to uh, 
have relations with men on men instead of men on women. Um, so we really need to pray for our nation, that's for sure, because uh, it's really going down fast. And um, it said that, first, of course, it talked about idolatry, how that uh, they, uh, they would uh, serve the creature more than the creator and, and uh, worship the creature more than the creator. And they were professing to be wise, but they were, really were becoming fools because they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So God then gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So they changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Now, we know God loves the homosexual just like he loves all sinners. And we're, we're, we're to show love and, and mercy to those that are in sin, but also to point them to the Savior that will deliver them from sin. And... Uh, so it's going to take a revival. It's going to really take a move of the Holy Spirit to get our nation back to being the righteous nation it's supposed to be. And uh, it goes back to 1 Corinthians 6 again in our lesson. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Knowing, I mean, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, which most of the homosexual or gay lifestyle is, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So it sounds like, well, there's no hope for them. But it goes on to say, such were some of you, but now you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So they had former homosexuals and, and former thieves and former uh, sinners there in the congregation, but they've been washed by the blood, and so they're, they're now ready for the kingdom of God. But unless they are washed, they can't get in. I just have a question. Yes. Well, that's again homosexuality. Yeah. My version says sodomites. Okay. Yeah, sodom. Right. Good question. All right. So I know we're out of time, uh, but anyway, it is 
good to visit these uh, scriptures concerning sexuality and God's plan for sexuality, and it's a beautiful plan if it's if we follow His plan of it. And so next next week it'll be about God's love and judgment. Uh, yes. Right, that's all. Uh, every perversion. it's perversion and rebellion, really. Changing their yeah, yeah. They're saying God didn't know what He meant to make me. If He made me a male, He should have made me a female, you know. And so it's rebellion against God and His creation is what transgenderism and and homosexuality, the same thing. God. God didn't make them to be homosexual. I still don't believe they're born homosexual, but I know that a lot of times they they went into a lot of abuse in their home where it turned them off to the opposite sex, And but still God's able to deliver them and set them free. Lord, we thank you that you have a beautiful plan for sexuality that will bring forth fruit and and that it will help us to replenish the earth as you said and we thank you lord for having mercy on this nation lord for for i i know our forefathers didn't intend for this to be a homosexual nation at all they intended it to be one that would follow christ and and we pray that you'll Bring us back to righteousness, Lord, and be with the leaders, be with the Supreme Court and and the um, Congress to be able to overturn some of these evil and bad decisions of the Supreme Court, such as abortion and also homosexuality and same-sex marriage, transgenderism and all that. We thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne and that you are coming soon and you said that we just need to keep looking up for our redemption draws nigh we praise you for it in jesus name amen god bless you